0: And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the party We are live from the bunker broadcasting to Odyssey, Facebook, and YouTube. Glad to have all of you here with us today. And this show is also available in a podcast form on various different podcast platforms. Different players of choice if you have such. And it looks like we've got new listeners in Egypt Glad to have all of you with us, too. If you are with us live, uh, the chat's open. And uh, if you're not with us live, you can always still leave a comment. And anyone can leave us an email, live from the bunker at sci fi for mecom and I pushed a couple of wrong buttons this morning. It's been a week uh, since we've done a show, and so I'm <laughs> like, wait, no, I forgot to reset a couple of things from from last uh, from last Monday. So didn't have a show yesterday because I was tied up on a virtual press junket call. Uh, Via Zoom I got the opportunity and the invitation To interview various members Of the cast and crew of the Orville Prior to the season premiere Coming up June 2nd There is an embargo But eventually we will be able to share those conversations I tell you, five minutes goes by fast When you only have five minutes So, yeah, it was like Hi, how are you? Here's the question Okay, we're wrapping up, thanks very much So it, uh, it was a, it was an experience, so, I think the highlight, the highlight of that, of that whole hour, which is probably not going to be, uh, not going to be the best, the best moment of the whole thing, I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed being able to talk to cast and crew, you know, producers, Brandon Braga was there, um, uh, you know, I got to talk to Penny uh, Johnson, Gerald, and Adrian Palicki and all everybody in the cast except Seth was in this. But the highlight for me was sitting backstage in the the journalist green room. They have this the Zoom call, is sequestered out in the various different rooms for the different interview segments and the little blocks, and you take your turn and whatnot. So I'm back there in the waiting room. And as I'm getting close to wrapping up, somebody pops in. Various different journalists are in there. <clears throat> and one of them shows up. And I'm thinking, this guy this, this guy looks a little familiar. And, you know, how, uh, for those of you who are familiar with Zoom, you can roll the mouse over and a little pop-up little thing comes on the bottom identifying who this is. And it turns out it's Will Reeve. Who's... The son of Christopher Reeve and he works Good Morning America and I thought, Oh, that's kinda cool. He's spitting image of his dad. I, I tell you. Now, Mrs. Boss doesn't agree with me a hundred percent on this. But I did I did give her a qualifier. If you take Christopher Reeve's hair and put it on Will Reeve, it 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 would it would work a lot better. You you'd see it more. It's like uh, it's like with Sean Pertwee. You know, the son of a son of the third doctor. Whenever he dressed up as his dad for Halloween, spit an image. Spit an image of his dad. And I'm and I'm convinced that they need to take Sean Pertwee out behind the woodshed and beat him until he agrees to play the third doctor in the sixtieth anniversary special. Right? I don't know, maybe. Anyway. All right. So so a little bit of catching up. Uh, on our programming um, sa- Saturday, we had a new foreign bodies, and I sat in uh, in Mr. Harvey's place because he had a he had a family thing that he was doing, and this episode has blown up. Relatively speaking, compared to all of the other things that we've done, this sh- this this particular episode of Foreign Bodies is like gone gangbusters, and we couldn't figure out why. Doesn't have anything to do with me, I'm sure about that. But I dig into the analytics of it, and it turns out uh, the title of our episode, Body Swap, because I was making the gag that we've swapped, we've swapped Tim for me, and you know did that. Apparently, Body Swap has a fairly substantial search result, and we're, I think when I, did the, when I did the search, we were somewhere around page 18 or 20 on the search results for Body Swap, and somehow that has driven traffic to that episode, however... People weren't staying. I mean, it was there. People were there long enough for it to count as a view for YouTube, but they're not staying long enough because they're figuring out that there's not any actual real body swapping happening in the show. So, although it does give us some fodder for an idea for a for an upcoming episode of Foreign Bodies, the where uh, they're going to talk possibly about. That particular thing in horror, where you have the body swapping things and and uh, and body horror and that sort of that sort of shenanigans going on. So that that going on, we haven't hit our overnight success moment yet. I'm afraid. So, uh, those of you who are with us live, you may also notice that I'm using a different microphone today. The reason for that is because the other one is either. Uh, either either the the microphone or the microphone cord or this particular potentiometer in the in the uh, mixer something's going bad so we're trying to trace that technical glitch as well it's lots of fun times and shenanigans around here right <sighs> anyway Alright, so I said the email address, live from the at sci-fi for me.com. We're on all the different socials. You can connect with us there. You can sign up with the newsletter. And uh, I see sci-fi snob in the chat. Body swap, that's porn right now. No, not not that not that kind of not that kind of body, body swap. Uh, no. Um, but anyway, uh, I got an email yesterday and 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 it prompted this particular rant. I guess, we have a Hunger Games prequel that focuses on Coriolanus Snow. This is the character played by Donald Sutherland in the movies, in the Hunger Games movies. So we're going to get Coriolanus Snow as a 18, 19, 20 year old in this, in this prequel series. And the casting announcement, I we got the email yesterday that the casting is coming through. And for whatever reason, this particular email triggered the 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 train of thought that has led to this particular rant. I want to go through just in in no particular order just to give people an idea of the scope of the problem because we have too many prequels going on right now we have prequel after, prequel after prequel after prequel after prequel after prequel being produced by the streaming services by the movie studios and it's gotten out of hand quite frankly let me let me let me give you some idea of the scope of this because we've got the Fantastic Beasts series of films that's a prequel to the Harry Potter movies. And this this is nothing new because in the past we've had, you know, Caprica was a Battlestar Galactica prequel. We've got the Hunger Games prequel. The Supernatural prequel just got picked up for series The Winchesters. We've got a ser- we got a prequel for The Omen now in the works. We've got two prequels for Game of Thrones. At at least, as far as we know, maybe four. But right now we've got House of the Dragon. We've got Dunk and Egg. Maybe two more. I don't know if they're actually going to move forward or not. We have Dune Sisterhood, which is a prequel to Dune. We have the Mad Max prequel, Furiosa. We have a prequel to It... In development. A prequel to Outlander. In development. Now the Beauty and the Beast. Prequel. Was cancelled. So there's that. We have uh, a trailer that just got released for Prey. It's spelled P-R-E-Y. As in the Predator prequel. The Native American set. Predator prequel. We've got Wonka. Wonka we got our first looks and trailers and stuff and whatnot at Wonka, which is the prequel to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. We have a Pet Cemetery prequel in the works. Some casting news we got on that. There's a Lion King prequel coming. We've got The Witcher Blood Origin, which is a Witcher prequel. Orphans getting a prequel, the horror film. The 100, which just wrapped up over on the CW here not too long ago, that's getting a prequel. Cruella is getting a sequel, and it's a prequel. We're getting an animated Gremlins prequel featuring the old man shop owner as a boy when he first meets Gizmo, the Mogwai. (laughs) Sci-Fi Snob says I'm just as guilty because there was a prequel to this show 30 minutes ago. Uh, Non-genre prequels even. We've got 1883, which is a a prequel to Yellowstone. We've got Walker Independence, starring Kansas City's own Cat McNamara. Which is a uh, uh, which is a, a prequel to Walker, which is a remake of Walker, Texas Ranger. We have a Sopranos prequel. We've got the Continental, which is a John Wick prequel. Grease: The Rise of the Pink Ladies. Do you know about this one? We're getting a Grease prequel. Why? There's a Dangerous Liaisons prequel coming. There's a prequel and a sequel to the show after. We're getting a prequel to Monster, which was Patty Jenkins' first foray into filmmaking and you know, that that whole thing with her and, and Charlie Theron that was such a big massive hit and, and critically acclaimed and, and all this stuff uh, there's a power prequel which you know that I think uh, that's over at Fox there's a Chinatown prequel in the works like we need that the Kingsman which was a prequel to Kingsman and then you have uh, comic books which are giving us prequels as well. We got a Snowpiercer prequel over at Titan Comics. We got a Penny Dreadful prequel in comics. Picard has novels and comics as prequels to that series, which is a sequel to the next generation. But you talk about Star Trek, you have Star Trek Discovery and you have Star Trek Strange New Worlds and and Enterprise, if you go back that far, which were prequels to the original series. And I gotta admit, as much as I had very low expectations for Strange New Worlds, I'm enjoying the show to a point. I'm going to qualify that, because there are two things that I have reset in my head in order to enjoy Strange New Worlds. One, I am ignoring its connection to Star Trek Discovery. That's one. Two, I have decided, at least in my head canon, that this is another alternate timeline that is not the prime timeline we got with Star Trek of 1964 with The Cage and Jeffrey Hunter as Chris Pike and then 1966 with William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy. That's prime timeline. This is an alternate timeline. It's the only, it's the only way for it to work in my head because ev- so far, both episodes that I've seen, and Mrs. Boss can attest to this, I appreciate the episodic type of programming we're getting with Strange New Worlds. I appreciate the attempt to get the aesthetic somewhat close to the original series. But every episode so far, and I know there have only been two, but so far I have had Canon quibbles And I could I could go for I could go for hours About what's Not working For Strange New Worlds But I have decided That Out of all and, and, And Snob you're right Strange New Worlds is better than Discovery and Picard it's not great. It's at best an alternate timeline. At worst, it's a very expensive fan film series. And in my head, that's where that's that's where that lives. And yes, the member berries are very, very strong in this show. And I think that's by design because they want to get the the long term Trek fans back. And a lot of people are sitting there going, As long as, as long as Kurtzman's involved, we're not we're not having anything to do with it. But I I look at it and, and you know, Akiva Goldsman is the is the guy what's put this thing together. And I have to wonder how much of this is uh, internally recognizing that there's a problem for fans of the 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 history of the show. people people who have been fans for a very, very, very long time. And the people who are outspoken in their criticism of Kurtzman Trek, they're sitting there saying, okay, how do we how do we get them back? How do we win them back? This is clearly an attempt to win back those fans. Yeah, maybe you don't like Discovery. Maybe you don't like Picard, but look, here's this shiny thing over here. And the yeah, the biggest the biggest bother for me is the the aesthetic for the bridge. It's not Pike's Bridge. It's it's Shatner's Bridge. And uh, the writing on it, you know, uh, it's, given the episodic nature of it, you're going to have a little bit of a difference in how they're telling their stories, and I'm perfectly fine with the episodic stuff. I, I, that's, that's, you want to do that, that's good. You know, don't make it all angst-driven for an entire season and everybody cries at the drop of a hat. Which is fine, there are some inconsistencies. there are some problems there are, the the whole thing with Spock and Spring just about had me out of my seat. It was just just dumb, but i can I can allow myself to enjoy it for what it is, which is a fan film essentially set in a different timeline. Anson Mount does a fairly good job um. And yes, that that's I that's not Christine Chapel. I this uh, no hate on Jess Bush. She's doing a good job with the character that she has, but the character she has is wrong. Um, I mean, and yes, I could I could go through all of the different problems that i have with it but i'm not going to the 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 point the point of the exercise for today is the problem that i have with prequels in general I'm tired of them i don't want another one are you you look at vanity fair just had this big piece that that published today this uh, this piece of revisionist history uh over star wars and and all of the upcoming television programs that are coming out and they're all prequels Kenobi's a prequel. Andor is a prequel to a prequel. Because it's a prequel to Rogue One, which is a prequel to Star Wars. Solo was a prequel. The Lando series that we've been hearing about is prequel. Ahsoka is a prequel to the sequel series. The Mandalorian, The Book of Boba Fett, those are all prequels to the sequel trilogy. The Acolyte, if that ever happens, that's a prequel. We don't know anything about this this new this new TV project that we just found out about with John Watts. Now it explains why John Watts has stepped away from Fantastic Four because he's working on this thing, and they're describing it as because the, they're, they're casting for four teenagers. It's a coming of age, kind of like a a Goonies, a Star Wars Goonies. Who wants that? I don't know. Wolverine says, uh, "I think it would be funny if New Chapel also did the computer voice." <laughs> well, what they should have done is had Rebecca Romaine play both characters, play number one and Chapel, and do the computer voice. And actually, there is there is a I don't want to say head canon. There's a there's an extended universe book canon on why the computer sounds like major Barrett. it sounds it sounds like Nurse Chapel sounds like number one. Um, I want to say it's the book called Vulcan's Glory, I think is the is a book uh, a, set in Pike's timeline on 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 his enterprise. and they got some, no, it's the rift from Peter David. They got some technology. From an alien, from an alien species, uh, alien visitors, and so they they decide to incorporate this stuff into the uh, to the library computer. And number one uses her voice as the test when when she's making it all because she didn't want to tell anybody about it, so she's doing it all herself. She wants to make sure it works first before she shows it off to anyone. And so she's showing it to Spock because Spock is the science officer and is like get some feedback and whatnot. And it's her voice. And she's like, What you know, statistically speaking, you know, people respond to a female voice more than a male voice, and that's true psychologically and all that. So he's like, Oh well, okay, sure. So there's an in-canon, there's an extended universe canon explanation for why number one's voice is the voice of the computer. I okay. You're not going to have Major Barrett forever. I mean, she's been gone for a long while and she recorded a bunch of stuff, but I think if you if you took her voice and put it on anything new, you're you're skating the line as far as as far as creepy. But but this idea of prequels Prequel, 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 prequel. Why, why? What's this obsession with prequel stories? Why do we need prequels to everything? Why does every character need a backstory? He doesn't. I don't need to know how Han Solo ended up at that cantina on Tatooine. I don't need to know what classes Jim Kirk took at Starfleet Academy. I don't need to see, especially since we've already had it in the books, I don't need to see Khan Noonien Singh's fall from grace and his exile on SETI Alpha 5 and the explosion of SETI Alpha 6 and the destruction of his colony or whatever. I don't need that. Now, Greg Cox has done a great job of telling that story in the books, but we don't need all due respect to Nicholas Meyer. We don't need that series. I don't care. And yeah, it's not. you're right. Hollywood's bankrupt of ideas like sequelitis in reverse. Agreed. We have we you know we're sequeled out, and now we've got to go the other way with prequels. We don't need an Albus Dumbledore prequel. We don't need. A Hunger Games prequel. I don't care how President Snow got to where he was. And when the prequel series came out for Star Wars, and and, and I even did a I even did a, 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 a an essay, a think piece, why I don't care about Anakin Skywalker is because he, he's unnecessary. I don't need. A Caprica for every Battlestar Galactica. Caprica didn't do well. Because it didn't. One it didn't tell the right kind of story. Two it didn't tell a story anybody wanted. To begin with. Solo was the same way. We didn't need a Solo movie. We didn't need Solo's origin story. We didn't want it. And especially after The the Last Jedi. Nobody wanted it. But this obsession, and I think it goes to society at large, and I, and I think the, 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 the first I saw of it in real life, in real time in the media, was with the Menendez brothers, when they were on trial for killing their parents. And I think that was the first where I became aware of this need for a narrative to justify or explain why the bad guy does what the bad guy does. Outside of Anakin Skywalker's, you know, the prequel trilogy explaining how Anakin Skywalker became Darth Vader, the Menendez Brothers trial was probably the first I became aware of this notion of The bad guys do things because other people did things to them. And that only goes so far. But there's this propensity in Hollywood now... Especially of late... To go back to the beginnings of characters' stories... To tell their origin stories and to to give us the why they do what they do. You're looking at the Cassian Andor prequel to Rogue One. And reading the Vanity Fair piece, and I'm going to comment further and in, in, in depth on the Vanity Fair piece. I'm waiting to hear back from Cameron Pasha to see if he can join me later on this week to talk about it. But this this Vanity Fair piece where you got Tony Gilroy talking about the, the Cassian Andor series and why it exists and what kind of story they're going to be telling has to do with refugees and imperialism. And I thought, oh great, it's going to be one of those. I'm not interested in Andor. I don't care why Cassian Andor joined the rebellion. I don't. I don't care. I don't need this story. Don't want this story. I'm not interested in this story. Especially if you're going to try to make it about something and not be subtle about it. You want to put politics in your stories and fine, allegory, whatever. I mean, we've been doing it forever. But, current year, they're not subtle about it. And Andor is going to give us Andor is going to give us, just based on what Gilroy said in the, in, the, in the Vanity Fair piece describing the show, based on that, we can assume, and it's we're jumping to conclusions here, but you can assume that that show is going to be all about the refugees at the border, the illegal aliens invading our country at the border, and Trump. Because the they're starting to circulate again this clip from, from uh, James Cameron's show about science fiction where he's talking to George Lucas about how Star Wars was all about American imperialism. And they're taking it out of context because Lucas says it's not just about what America represents in the Vietnam War but you also look at every empire the roman empire the 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 british empire the decline of of empires comes because of reasons and it's not necessarily a screed you know star wars would not was not necessarily this manifesto against american imperialism so much as it was empire gets too big for its britches and it starts to collapse from within. And they get taken down by a smaller group, a ragtag group of people. You, you look I mean that's that's what happened with 1776 when the Americans did it to the British. So these things are cyclical. It's almost like they rhyme. It's like poetry, right? But we don't need a prequel for every Single thing. I fully expect at some point they are going to announce a Doctor Who prequel. I don't know what it would be. I don't know how they'd be how, how they do it. But there'll be a there, there will be a prequel of some sort to Doctor Who. Wolverine 626. There's a Netflix documentary on the Night Stalker Killer and there was crying over the fact that doc followed by the detectives not psychological inclinations of the bad guy it, yeah because we we need a reason why there there's there's a need and i think it goes partially to a generational thing but also this this idea that we all have we all have this need to be validated. We all have this need to be, uh, you, know, you know, pat on the head, and it's okay. And if you want to, you, you want to say two plus two is five. You go right ahead, and you say two plus two is five. And and this need to be right, this need to justify your existence, and it it, it goes beyond just having. A particular story to tell, and you like with the Menendez brothers, you get all this stuff with you know Night Stalker and 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 whoever else you get stories on, documentaries on stuff. They're always looking why why they did it. Well, they were beaten as a child. They were they were this this happened to them as a child. This trauma. This thing. They. So there's no it, it it further's this idea that none of us are responsible for what we do. It's society that makes us what we are. Okay. By that logic, it's society that makes us let's use our pronouns maybe. I mean, you could twist around the logic on this stuff, but you have this generation of people who need and I think it is a need I think it's a craving some kind of a some kind of a psychological and I'm talking through my hat here i I don't know this for sure and i I'm not qualified to make any kind of a diagnosis or anything like this this is just me riffing off an idea but i think there is some psychological need in a generation to have to have some explanation to justify people being bad we're not we're not explaining why the person is bad we're justifying and rationalizing the bad He's not evil just for evil's sake. He's evil because somebody did something to him. And, and through that, we can justify and rationalize when we do something bad to people. Oh, well, you can't punish me. I'm doing this because of this person did this to me. And nobody wants to take responsibility for their own lives, and this is a broader thing. And and it's it's within that. Let's explain why everybody everybody is the way they are. Savage so, so says, "How does a prequel work when you have time travel?" Um, that's a good question. You could use time travel to to get you to the prequel. Uh, Wolverine Doctor Who prequel we meet the doctor's human mother and find out why the doctor likes Earth so much uh, yeah and Jack, you're right it's it's been especially in the last 20 years. I mean I think it's been brewing longer than that um, I think I think social media and the and the internet has had a lot to do with it but I also think that it's in I think it's in the DNA of our education system too. Uh, I think that there's a there's a corruption in our culture and you want you want to go back to attribute it to a lack of faith, a lack of relationship with God uh, or, 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 or you know moral decay or whatever. I think that's part of it too. And I think there is, a whole host of people who would like nothing better than to run your life and tell you do this and do that and don't ask why but in the meantime we have a a group of people who are trying to justify why bad people do bad things and the prequel the idea of prequels kind of goes into that where you have people not just not just villains getting their backstories and explaining why they are the way they are but all the heroes well because because the heroes now have to be flawed and the the backstory explains their flaws to make them a little bit more approachable a little bit more accessible as heroes because we can't have heroic figures as heroes anymore I mean look what they did to Luke Skywalker Han Solo is a hero because he transcends his background Han Solo is a hero because he steps up and does the right thing regardless of how he personally feels about whatever it is he's like I'm going to take my reward and I'm going to go no, I changed my mind. I'm going to do the right thing, and I'm going to join the battle and I'm going to try to defeat the bad guy because that's what the good guy does. Jack says, I wish this was a generational thing, but I'm starting to think this is a sign of decaying empire, starting to become disgusted and tired to imagine that something well or feeling. I, I I would tend to agree with you to a point. i've I've talked about this before. We are I think. We are sort of into our bread and circuses era. Is there a potential for us to recover from it? Maybe, I don't know. The thing is, when you look at comparing, when you compare empires, and and I don't want to get too deep in the weeds with this, but when you compare empires, you compare the Roman Empire, you compare the Ottoman Empire, you compare, you compare the British Empire. And all of those things, with the American Empire, quote unquote, with the with Pax Americana, it's the difference is the structure of the government that that's at its core. These other these other empires didn't have as much of a mechanism to change it as we have. They did have some. And then, you know, Roman Empire, you were able to vote and you had senators, you had representatives, all that. But the but the structure of our government is such that I think it holds up. It will hold up longer. Because it, you, you, you look at how many times... How many times has France revised and, and rewrote their constitution, for example? We've never rewritten it. We've added to it. We've amended it. And there's a process for change. There's a process for adjusting the government to meet the needs of the citizenry. And most empires have not had those mechanisms in place. So I'm, I'm still... How do I say this? I'm still cynically hopeful, if I could put those two words together, I'm cynical about the current state of affairs. I'm hopeful that enough people are going to wake up and decide, hey, this is not the way we're supposed to be. We changed this. Maybe. I don't know. How did we get this way? Well, maybe we'll get a prequel to the American Revolution. <clears throat> That's not a call to arms, by the way. What did I do with my coffee? It's upstairs, next to the coffee maker. upstairs next to the coffee maker. See? I blame Junior Office Dog. I will always blame Junior Office Dog. Right? I I don't know. I, I want... Yeah, Wolverine, I'm right there with you. I miss the days when the bad guys were just the bad guys and the good guys were just the good guys. That simple good versus evil is few and far between. I had a, I, I saw, who was it? Um, Marion Zimber Bradley's daughter, Moira, um, Moira, oh, what's her last name? She posted one of the things that makes the Star Wars original uh, original trilogy work better than every than all of the rest of it was the the Christian theme of good versus evil. When you get into the prequels, she said you see a, an introduction of Buddhism in there, and then you know this goes back to you know the prequels exp- giving us an explanation as to why everybody is the way they are. Don't care. Don't know. Don't care. Don't need it. Good versus evil doesn't need a backstory. I don't need the prequel to the Odyssey from Homer. I don't need a prequel to the Iliad or Dante's Inferno. I don't need a prequel to that. I don't need a prequel to tell me how we got where we are. If we've got a bad guy and a good guy and good versus evil doesn't need a prequel. And no, <laughs> Mrs. Boss, we do not need a prequel to Moby Dick. There's a there's a there's a poem uh Ozymandias. Look on my look on my works in Tremble you know there's there's this thing where you, you this guy comes across a statue of Ozymandias. and it's talking about all of these mighty works that I have achieved and the guy's looking around and it's all desert the only thing that's left of his achievements are the are the, are the statue and the claims of of greatness this day and age... Somebody would decide to do a prequel to Azimandias. We don't need it. The point of a story... Is not to give us... Every little thing... About every single character. Don't care. Don't know. Don't care. Don't need to know. It's not important. What's important... Is that we get the elements of a character that give us a motivation to do what he does to drive the story you're trying to tell. And this goes back to something that I've said before. What does that character want? And how does that come into conflict with what other characters want? There's your story. I don't need to know how Han Solo got his name. Stupidest thing in the in the entire franchise, right there. Uh, Wolverine says we need a Bambi prequel. We it, we're getting a Bambi remake starring The Rock. Didn't you see that promo? I kid, I kid. I think it was a Saturday Night Live skit. Because somebody will take that and go, "What? I don't, I I don't need any more prequels." I got a whole, I got a whole page, I got a whole page of a a list here of prequels that are in production or in development. Done! Done! I don't want any more prequels. Now... What do we need? Who knows? We're not going to get what we need. Nobody's going to figure that out because there's too many people who are just messed up in the head running things right now. So well, we'll see. Anyway. That's my rant for the day. Thanks very much for your indulgence, folks. Don't forget to share the video. Share the links. Connect with us over on social media. We're on 10 different platforms, which is probably a mistake. There's a newsletter you can sign up for. You can uh, you can give us a, a financial tip uh, if you want through PayPal or Subscribestar. Or over on YouTube, you can send us a super chat. That's fine, too. But nobody's under any obligation. So, CypherSnap says, I'm kind of interested in what made Jason so evil. That is a story. There is a story of why I am the way I am. And parts of it, there's a woman involved. But that's not a story I'm going to tell. Alright, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks very much for being here, folks. There is going to be discussion of the Vanity Fair piece. I'm giving it. Like every other story, I'm giving it a couple of days to percolate and for the rest of the story to come out because I've already caught at least one lie in that article and we'll discuss it later on, hopefully later on this week. So uh, so stay tuned for that. In the meantime, feel free to share this and make sure you get notifications on and, and find us on socials and whatnot. We'll be back to do this again Later. Thanks very much for being here, folks. Remember, there are four lights. This has been a presentation of Sci Fi for Me Radio, copyright 2022, by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.